This advert is brought to you by a Craigslist user. Team seeking regular season 16-game quarterback to inspire false hope to our fans. Desired attributes be winning one big game in a very specific offence, ability to be a great backup QB, and also some questionable leadership traits. Anyone interested, please send applications to Crying Bears Fan on Craigslist. Thank you. Hello, Sean. Hello. Coming through all right? Yeah, all good. Excellent work. You're sounding good, my end. We'll just wait for Jack. Um, but good afternoon, everybody who's uh, going to be tuning into this. We're into episode two of season two of the Maximum Friction podcast. And uh, we're just waiting for young Jack to join us. I'm sat here in my bedroom, posted the setups to Twitter a second ago, and uh, already got one like, Sean, so we're doing well. Super. We also last week had 22 listens to the episodes. And there is Mr. Mullins. Good afternoon, sir. Hello. Now that you've joined, I'm going to open my beer. There we go. <laughs> delightful. Delicious, delicious gamma ray. Anyway, good afternoon. How are you? Just dandy, yeah. Just dandy. I was just telling Sean, we've got uh, 22 listens on last week's podcast. And we've already got a like on our tweet from today as well, so we are rolling. Is it from someone other than Will? Uh, yes, it's not Will. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so we got like a decent agenda today, so we're going to have a bit of a catch-up in the chat. Then we're going to talk to Sean, our guest, uh, ask him a few questions, got some things lined up. Um, we'll go into a quick free agency recap, uh, talk at the end of that about XFL players who've been signed to the NFL already. We'll go through some draft excitement. Then at the end, we've got a little challenge. Jack versus Sean. Free agency versus draft day challenge. Um, and then we'll round it up with some social media questions that have been flying in this week. So, without further ado, how's everyone's week been? Yeah, mine's been good. Uh, I've done a bit of working from home, which I can honestly say I'm totally rubbish at. Too much tea and biscuits. <laughs> uh, but I've managed to lose five pounds in my first week in isolation. Wow! So not too, not too much biscuits and a bit more gin. <laughs> Very good. Nicely done. What about you, Jack? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Um, I work from home uh, like once or twice a week, anyway. So um, it's kind of just normal. It's actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more comfortable than my normal working from home because I've got my whole work deal here with me yeah so like your monitor and your keyboard and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's probably a bit better than normal working from home and i don't really do anything anyway so this is just my normal life i think so my my week's been filled with lots of driving doing this contingency project so i had a tour of cornwall on uh, wednesday left the house at half five um but it's been a bit bonkers now i'm working from home until i get called into action so I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Um, and fun fact, Candy didn't leave the flat or the car park outside our flat from Sunday night until Thursday. At least he's following orders. Yeah, exactly. He didn't show her in that time either. Yeah. Ooh, nice. So, you know. Um, but yeah, it's been a decent week. Otherwise, like I, I'm the same. I, I don't do a lot. And with no football, I'm sort of just playing Call of Duty and watching Netflix. Nice. Which is never bad. So, so Sean, uh, 
coming on the podcast for the first time, I guess I want to find out sort of a bit about you. So what like team do you support? Um, and how do you feel about joining the league? I'm excited to join the league. I've enjoyed a lot of the trash talk that I've had on the podcast and I'm keen to get involved with that. Uh, but I won't discuss the last time I trash talked you, Dan, because it led to some embarrassment. Uh, well, it was, it was that, wait, I've got I've got notes on that actually. Um, uh, <laughs> you got notes on that. Oh it, it was it was gonna gonna be another question, so I may as well ask it now. So, how's your training going for our race in July? After I smoked you in the last race when you trash talked me. Fair, okay, yeah. Well, as I say, I've lost five pounds, so I'm a little less overweight. Um, and I'll put out in a tweet I can tag you in that I did trip during the run and was still only a foot behind you. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. Your belly weighed you over and you fell down a little bit. Yeah, I... it wasn't a good look in front of my running backs who were then shouting, "Pick your feet up!" So, you know. <laughs> I I got going and that that lead was stretching. If it was the race was getting longer, you were getting further <laughs> behind, pal. <laughs> But it's all right. We'll we'll go again in July when you're in, you know, season shape. Yeah, something like season shape. If hopefully we get one. Um, but in yeah, in to answer your other question about who I support, uh, I am a sad Texans fan. Uh, I won't address any questions about the Hopkins trade because it's too soon. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, college football. I just enjoy watching and just pick a team most years, but don't have strict allegiances. Nice. So um, one thing since joining the league, like if you've caught up on some of the previous podcasts, you may know that Yogi has a, a draft war chest coming up in the in the next season, having done a ridiculous trade with Scott that worked out for neither of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, what what are your feelings on him having so many picks in the top top two rounds? I mean, firstly, I, it's ridiculous, uh, but. <laughs> Second to that, I think uh, there's a lot of good offensive players this year. So I suppose it's worked out more for him than if he'd had them in previous drafts where there's been a good mixture. So if he was going to have all the picks, this year is the year to have them. Mm. It's still, the, the whole premise of this is that he's capable of picking good players and or turns up for the draft. So <laughs> He'll turn up for the draft. He's uh, actually probably going to be a guest on our podcast next week. That does not mean he's going to be ready to do a draft in whenever we do it. That is a, that is a complete wild card. He might just stay I, in the Caribbean. I desperately want to throw all of my draft knowledge like against the wall now and just see if I can totally ruin his draft if he <laughs> listens to this. Oh, you've kind of given it away there, though, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, good to have you on board. Um, joining in, you'll be picking sort of bottom end of the ladder, um, but ahead of last year's loser in the final. So that's good. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season whenever it finally gets going. So, um, you know, with you coming on this week, uh, we had like quite a lot of people chucking in social media questions. and We'll come to them later, but there is one that I want to just put you on the spot with right now. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from Tom Seeger. Demons running backs ranked no. <laughs> is this is this is this how good they are? Because there's a depth chart. Uh, no, this is how they are as <laughs> just, humans. Just human this beings. They, this is how they are as humans. JT doesn't seem like he'd listen to a podcast, so JT's laugh. <laughs> uh, I've I've seen Will's got I've seen Will's got Twitter, so I'll put him number one. 
Uh, no. And then I don't, I don't know that, I don't know the rest of their names. So, there you go. <laughs> but are they are they in between JT and Will, or are they below JT? Oh no, they're in between. JT's at the bottom. <laughs> There's no way he listens to this. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me, so. That's fine. Are you adding in the defensive linemen that became running backs? Uh, yes, yeah, all of them, all of the all of the players. I can see people from afar, and I'm like, yeah, I I sooner have him than JT. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um we'll we'll get on to like this week's first topic so i guess just wanted to chat around free agency recap since last week when we had the chat and and sort of any moves that you wanted to talk about can i just say sean that you have a very um non-boring voice it's it's lovely oh, thank you. To, it's lovely to hear someone with um different tone and some expression on podcasts nowadays I'm not going to lie, it's uh, something I've worked on a lot since I've seen some uh, some serious fire being fired out on Twitter. It's, it's made me a little nervous. I was I was making sure my voice was jumping around all over the places in terms of pitch, just to keep you awake. Yeah, but that's that's all I need, a little bit of pitch and tone and excitement. Um, I, I, I feel like you're chucking shade at me. No. <laughs> at you? <laughs> Sounds like it. No, we, we were just referencing back to uh, an unnamed... Uh, podcast producer that got very grumpy with me. Oh yeah, yeah, your Twitter beefs. Yeah, I didn't know. I backed away very quickly. I'm not. I'm not used to engaging on Twitter, let alone engaging in Twitter beefs. So I, st- I started that and then backed away very fast because I didn't know what to do. Came up with some real zingers about three hours later, though. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to go for one or two now? No, uh, they faded. It's boring now. <laughs> He's moved on, I think, but. Um, yeah, he's welcome to come on as a guest anytime if our 22 listeners would like to go to sleep. Um, so if we, we're just rolling through some free agency stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, talk, talk us through the people you, uh, the latest signings since last week. Uh, so obviously we've got um, the Pats bringing back Brian Hoyer was, uh, well, it is what it is. Um, if you read my article, then you will see that um, the Patriots are going to go with Jarrett Stidham anyway. So this, um, I don't know about you, Sean, but this contract for Brian Hoyer seems like uh, you might not make the team. Here's, here's a million dollars type thing. Yeah, especially with the money that teams are throwing at backup quarterbacks now. I mean, it's, it seems like exactly what you're saying. You know, you, you may not make the 53. Mm. Um, interesting that Dion Lewis went to the Giants. Um yeah, I think they just uh, kind of. I think they just kind of put chuck a little bit more money at him. It's only a one-year deal, um, and he he just didn't really fit with the Titans, did he? He's, he they just didn't use the running backs in the way that Deion Lewis is most effective, which is as a pass catcher out the backfield. We haven't really seen him um, be as dynamic as he was with the Patriots since then. Um, and he might be he might be a really good uh, a really good backup for Saquon because he does tend to get uh, ankle issues. Um, so I think that's a decent deal for the Giants. Uh, it's a good safety blanket for for Jones. I like that deal. I think that's yeah. I think that's a, a good move for the Giants as well, just to keep some of that tread off of Saquon's tires because previously no backup really at the Giants was worth anything. So he's having to take all of the touches. Whereas at least now you can feel a little bit better about on third down putting Dion Lewis out there. Mm, definitely, um, Travis Frederick retiring. That was a uh, that is a big loss for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he, he's one of the 
best centres in the game consistently when he obviously he, um, the other season with his he had a an illness I can't remember what it's called but um, it's something that not a lot of people know very much about and he is yeah he's gone 29 years old so he joins that club of people that are starting to retire at 30 or just under 30 years old mm-hmm. do you think that makes sense with as salaries as salaries go up once people have hit that second contract, you know, 40, 50, 60 million, you can, you can retire quite happily off of 40, 50, 60 million. You don't have to reach for that third contract. Yeah. The amount of guaranteed money they're being given in that second contract is, is life altering. It's fine. Like Kirk Cousins could buck off now and he'd be fine. And that, that's, that's him made. And it's, it's, yeah, I think you're right. There's second contracts. Once you get that guaranteed money going, that's why we're seeing a lot of players switch teams to get guaranteed money because, they get to that 28 to 32 range. And what's the point of putting your body on the line consistently if you've done everything you can do? He's proved that he was the best at his position for, for the whole time he was in the league. So does he think they're going to win now in the next two years? Obviously not. Or his health issues have overtaken that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a big loss for what was one of the best O-lines in the league for, for a very long time and is now looking a little bit suspect in area. Um, Peyton I was going to yeah Peyton Barber ran away to the Redskins yeah uh, which is fantastic and as we were talking about guaranteed money he gets 600,000 in guaranteed oh. two year deal oh. 3 million with the skins um, which puts Chris Thompson firmly in the in the eyes of the Bucks in my opinion that's where he should be going yeah I think he'd be superb at the Bucks as well with Brady yeah He's, he's that Dion Lewis type back, but he's yeah. actually a bit more dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, he's, he's more of a receiver than anything else. And he's a home run hit if he does bounce to the outside. Um, yeah, and he's proven it for longer as well, I think. Yeah, and he's obviously been sidelined by injuries, but then he's also had this rotating clown car of quarterbacks um, that couldn't mm-hmm. even check down to him. I think if Alex Smith had been successful there, I think he would have his career trajectory would have been much different over the past two years. So what uh, what do you guys think about Robbie Anderson signing with the Panthers? Trash. Good, because we said last week yeah, I thought he was going to be a bust and I think he's going to be a bust. We've also got a deep threat going to one of the noodliest arm quarterbacks in the league. Yes. Uh, he's so, yeah, I, I think Teddy Bridge is six yards in the air per attempt. That's his nice. Yeah, that, was it. that was the knock coming... Uh, coming to him out of college as well, and it's not got any better. I just, I, I don't understand it really. But I mean, you know, do what you got to do. That's less than me, <laughs> and that's saying something. Like, I, I just think it's. I, I think, as I, I said it on Twitter the other day. I think Robbie Anderson is Mike Wallace without Big Ben. He, he could have had that really big, big season with Sam Darnold, but the offense couldn't get it together. And then wherever Mike Wallace went afterwards, he was just an afterthought. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I agree. A um, couple of Homer chats for me. Michael Brock is not actually going to the Ravens, having couldn't agree on a deal. So he went back to the Rams. Three Phil- years. Phil- th- th- physical, bad ankle, apparently. Yeah, three years, 30 million. <laughs> um, and uh, Jimmy Smith, the prediction I made last week, went back to Baltimore on a cheaper deal, didn't want to leave, tested free agency, and the market was not there for him. Mm. 
Very I'm a little surprised. I think Jimmy Smith's a good player. Yeah. Passed down the field. I think that's the problem. He he cannot stay on the field. Um, he's very very talented though. Uh, interesting one was uh, which I know Will got a bit salty about was the the Jag signing Tyler Eifert, uh, and everyone saying it was a good signing, um, and then roasting the Bears for signing June Graham to the same basic contract. <laughs> oh, Bears fans are brilliant, aren't they? Like they're actually like hopeful that Nick Falls takes over from Mitch Trubisky. Achoo. Nick Foles just isn't as he's just not productive when he's the starter. He is he is one of the best backups, if not the best backup in the league. And that is his role. And he can step in and he can run the Eagles offense when he is required to. But otherwise, <laughs> he is just he's a veteran presence. He's a great guy by all accounts. Although from what I remember, he he just took a couple of years before he re-signed with the Chiefs and just kind of wandered around doing nothing. Just forgot he loved football and then came back. He just I don't know. He he's he is not the signal of hope. I would rather if I was a Bears fan, I think I'd be more hopeful if they'd signed Andy Dalton. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I, I I don't think you're far wrong there. I think even even just not signing someone and then you can kind of feel like, okay, right, we're not signing someone because we're gonna draft someone maybe in the second or third and we can start to look to the future. Whereas when you sign another one of these kind of semi big contracts, I mean it's you know you you end up churning along. You're still in the Mitch Trubisky stroke Nick Foles era. It's yeah, it's just it's it's going nowhere. It's going to ten and six and a and a wild card knockout at best. Yeah, that contract is bad as well. Mm. Yeah, not great. Um, so Jets anyone else? Apparently, yeah, mm. that's um, obviously was the kind of the darling of the fantasy world in the last couple of weeks because uh, there were no receivers left. But there was something Chris Westing said on the on the ATL podcast, which was like the, the effect that Jameis Winston had on receivers is not it just boosts their value so far beyond what they should be. Um, obviously, Mike Evans and, and Godwin are, are really good players. Uh, good, Goodwin or God, Godwin? Godwin are really good players, um, and they are their top five fantasy wide receivers and their top ten, both of them receivers in the league. But Bashar Perryman came in and caught the balls that Jameis Winston basically threw with his eyes closed. So, I mean, this is, it's, it's a kind of a low risk deal for the Jets. It's, it's only a one year contract, um, 6 million guaranteed, and it could be, could go up to 8 million. Um, I just don't think he's, he's, he was never fantastic with the Ravens. Um, he, he was okay with the Browns when Baker Mayfield could still throw an accurate ball. He benefited from the Winston effect. And, and now he's going to just fade into the background with um with, with Jets and Sam Darnold, I think you'll probably get one big touchdown at some point during the first five weeks and then that'll be it. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be, you know, he's kind of the Robbie Anderson replacement, but hopefully a better dude. Um, but it's, it's, he, he is a poor man's Robbie Anderson, which is, say, which is saying something. So, Brilliant. as you say, I, I don't think that's going to work out particularly well. One of my favourite deals uh, that's just gone down is um, that way it went down the other day was uh, Von Bell signing with the Bengals. Um, I love that. Uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell back there, it, it really does solidify their, um, their their defensive backfield. And it's, it's they lost uh, Dequeez Denard. I think he was going to go to Jags, but he hasn't got anywhere, so he's a free agent. So maybe it's likely they bring him back. Um, he's kind of, uh, he didn't actually, he was a high draft pick. I think he might have been first round. And he, um, 
he didn't start for about four years and then worked his way in, I think. Um, mm. I think that was him. It was either him or Drake Kirkpatrick, one of the two. But they, they've got decent players now in that secondary. Um, and Von, Von Bell's a very, very good uh, box safety, and he's shown that he's capable of covering tight ends as well. Him and Jesse Bates can form a very dangerous safety tandem in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, so what did you guys think about some of the XFL to NFL moves with uh, PJ Walker getting signed to some decent two-year deal at Carolina? I mean, I hope he. I hope he wins the job. I love Teddy. I love Teddy to bits. But Teddy Bridgewater is at this point most likely a backup in the NFL, and he's just managed to get himself. His journey is now complete. Right, he came back all the way from this from this big knee injury that should have completely derailed his career, let alone allowed him to walk again and all this kind of stuff. The redemption arc is amazing, and he signed this starter worthy deal that the Panthers probably can't get out of. And that'll be it. He'll lose the job at some point. And if he loses the job to PJ Walker, then more power to that guy because he was exciting to watch. Yeah, he and was. He, he... Sorry, Dan, go on. No, you go. I was just saying he was. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I think he. I think there's a chance as well because he fits that Matt Rule offense far more than Teddy Bridgewater does. Uh, I, yeah, it just makes it. It makes sense that he's going to get a shot at least. Um, but then it's going to be an unfair fight because of all the money they've just thrown at Bridgewater. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, interesting to see the Chiefs dip in and take Jordan Tamu as well um, as, guess, backup third-string quarterback job in Kansas City. He's a similar sort of looking player to Mahomes, similarish style, just without the talent. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, Jack, that's that's how I've described Jack described us. <laughs> I'm a similar shape to Ben Roethlisberger, just without the talent. Oh, I know your beard game isn't as strong as his either. No, well, I try my best not to look homeless. Talking about uh, the Steelers, uh, you guys have signed three players from the XFL. Yeah, Kevin Walker, Jaron Jones, and Tyree Cannell. Um, Indeed. Dipping right in. If I'm not mistaken, um, Kevin Walker was the sack leader in the uh, in the XFL, and yeah. Tyree Cannell was the at least one of the top interception leaders. So I, I'm happy with that we lost Sean Davis, um, which wasn't a massive loss to us, to be honest. He was a bit of a bust and went over to the Redskins um, following the Ryan Clark path. So we'll probably see him spouting absolute crap on NFL now at some point. Um, and then we need a bit of pass rush because Javon Hargrave uh, disappeared and Bud Dupree is going to do a disappearing act this year because he did for the first, first three years. Why would he not do it now? Um, so it's good. It's, it's an, extra bit of, an extra bit of oomph, an extra bit of speed and power. Um, they're not rookies, so they will be able to walk in there. And Mike Tomlin's not going to be that thing where he, he doesn't like starting rookies. I think Devin Bush was one of the exceptions to that rule. Um, but he doesn't like starting rookies in their first year. And these guys aren't rookies. They're, they're capable players that have had a few years of experience bouncing around and finally proved that they've got the talent. And yeah, it's exciting to have them. Nice. So um, as we sort of move into to coming into your guys' challenge in a bit, um, I guess I wanted to talk around the draft and uh, any excitement we've got, any prospects that we love and like maybe, maybe give a prospect each that we really like and really want to see do well in the NFL. 
Yeah, Sean, you crack on with this first, buddy, and I'll um, put in my reckless speculation based on watching them at the combine afterwards. <laughs> um, well, players I think uh, I'd really like to see do well. Uh, LaVisca Chenault uh, out of Colorado. Uh, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm drawn to schools that play against trash defences, so I may be overrating this guy, but I honestly think he's in line with Judy and C.D. Lamb to be one of the top receivers. Um, so he's someone I think if someone ends up picking him up in the second round, they're going to get a hell of a value there. Um, and Colin Johnson as well from Texas uh, kind of was, for whatever reason, kind of slid down here, but kind of has a bit of a, well, I almost feel like a bit of a Megatron vibe to him. He's, he's big and he just pushes people away at the catch point. Um, yeah, those are two receivers. I mean, there's stacks of receivers this year that are just exciting to watch. Apparently, yeah, they were saying... Um... That uh, there's around 40 receivers that could logistically go in the first two rounds. Dan, are you, Dan, are you just opening beers consistently or what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The second half of this podcast is going to be a mess. <laughs> We're on lockdown, it's fine. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's um, seven, yes, uh, 40, 40 receivers to go in the first two rounds. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, generally, sort of, well, last year, like the way it's just simply out of, out of 10 that I kind of rank players, obviously 10 being something that's kind of unattainable. Mm. Um, but last year, I think I had maybe, uh, let me have a look, 13 players ranked at eight or above. And I think this year I've got seven receivers that are ranked at eight or above. So. Wow. There's, there's a lot of really talented wide receivers this year. Mm, very much so. So one of the guys I'm excited to see at the next level is Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, the linebacker, because like mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a hybrid. Like of his 650 snaps last year, 230 came covering a slot, 107 came as deep safety, and the rest 300 at linebacker. Um, and he was outstanding in all the roles. So like I can't wait to see him at NFL level, running around the field, lining up kind of a bit like um, the guy at the Chargers, whose name escapes me now. Well, he's that... He's that um, safety at the Chargers. Darren James, yeah. Darren James. Yeah, Tyron, Tyron Matthew type. But he's yeah. got a... He's, he's, he's bigger and he's yeah. longer. Um, he's got... I think he's, he's almost... For someone that's so good and could perform so well, I think he's going to be a little bit raw just because he has taken snaps everywhere. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, like addition by subtraction. It's, you know, he's he's had to do so many different things. He's not like mastered one. Mm, I guess that's has, why I'm excited. Yeah, he has all the talent to play anywhere. You know, he's he's, he's really exciting. He, yeah, I just, just hope he is more of a uh, Derwin James, Jamal Adams type player, ter- like Terry Matthew, than he is like Mark Barron. Like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the problem with those kind of those guys that can fall into that tweener category where there's the. Is he fast enough to play with NFL receivers on the outside? No. He's not going to be able. He's he's not that good as uh, he can match up with tight ends. That's that would be his thing. But my first kind of look at him is he's he's vicious in and around the box but again it, he's either gonna have to put on size or drop size to fit in one of I, 
I wouldn't want to put him right at middle linebacker as well, because from what I've seen, kind of middle linebacker is so much like an instinctual kind of always around the ball kind of position. You don't have to be necessarily hyper talented to be a sort of an efficient NFL uh, middle linebacker. Obviously, there are some hyper talented ones. Um, I prefer to see him, like you say, tr- covering tight ends, playing outside linebacker, maybe a little bit of box safety. Hmm. I think that's probably the way he's gonna the way he's gonna go. Like kind of almost that Troy Palomalu role where they weren't asking him to go and cover deep and he was just he floated in that danger zone in between the box and the secondary. Yeah, he'll 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 end up being an accidental matchup problem if you start finding him against slot receivers because they'll yeah. they'll just outrun him. Yeah. Definitely. What about you, Jack? Um uh James Prosh who uh, was a wide receiver from SMU. Um, he didn't run the 40, but he's one of my guys that I, that I pinpointed in my combine, uh, combine picks. Um, I just like, I liked watching him play, and I liked watching everything he did at the combine was smooth. He caught everything without even trying. Like, and it, it, there's a lot of the receivers that made everything look a bit more difficult than it should have. Um, He's, he's super, super smooth. He's really productive in college. Uh, past two seasons, was it 204 passes, nearly two, two and a half thousand yards, 27 touchdowns. Like he's, he's, he's sneaky fast and he's got such natural good hands. Um, he's like a day three pick that can probably find his way into a, into the starting lineup in the first five, six weeks. Um, and I'm really excited to see what happens with Jalen Hurts. Um, oh, Okay. Because I, I think he is, to me, trying to look at him and watch his uh, progression over the last few years, and especially in the last six months as he's got ready to transition to the NFL, it is like watching, it's like playing Madden and having someone with like superstar X Factor potential and they get more XP than everybody else every week. Mm. that's what it feels like he's doing as he's going through to transition into a, into an NFL team. And I think when he finally does get the chance to take some meaningful snaps, I think he's going to surprise everybody much like Dak did, like that kind of mole. Okay. I, I, I strongly disagree on this one. Uh, (laughs) I think the, the, I think part of the reason why he's kind of maybe stepped up in some of these, you know, uh, you know, pants workout just because one of the big things that he seems to do is fade away from pressure. So obviously, um, he doesn't face a whole lot of it, but when he does, he's always thrown off of his back foot. He's got some great receivers that kind of bail him out a lot, and he's got a great running game, a superb running game at Oklahoma. But I just think, like at the next level, when he fades away, he's going to be fading into sacks constantly. Mm. But do you think he's athletic enough to get away from? Because when he, it, because there's a, there's there's an argument there both ways, isn't there? Like, is that what he does because he can get away with it and he is capable of doing the other things, like stepping up in the pocket and getting to the edge and making on the run throws properly, or is he just like, well, screw it. Like, if, if I throw this up now, we're better than everybody else anyway. So, who cares? And if he goes to an NFL team with a good running game, he's gonna have the same principle and like 80% of the guys you're throwing to are going to be pretty fucking good anyway. Potentially. Um, I'd, I'm I'd, gonna, I'd point to... A, go on, sorry, Dan. I'm going to side with Sean. Um, Jalen Hurts was, you know, at best a, 
like game manager at Alabama. He exploded a little bit at Oklahoma, but the more complex defenses get, like where he struggled against SEC defenses at times and NFL defenses are way more complex. He's going to really struggle and he's not athletically good enough to be able to outrun NFL players. Yeah, I think I think when you compare him to someone uh, like the Ravens quarterback, whose somehow name has escaped, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, when when you compare him to someone like that, he's just not athletic enough to just roast people. You know, it's not like every time he steps on the field, he's not the best athlete, and I think it'll catch up with him at the next level. Um. One for our offensive lineman fan listeners, I'm quite intrigued to see how Mackie Beckton gets on, um, just because the fact he's 6'7 and 364 pounds and he's quite fast. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they'll get him out in space to destroy a few people. Um, but yeah, it's I'm excited for the draft. I'm just yeah looking forward to it as all moment. Donovan Peoples Jones is another one I'm interested in. Not just well, there's. Mm. Because he's been on people's radar for a lot longer because he was on the um, All or Nothing series, wasn't he? Yeah, so he he's was. He's been on people's radar a little bit longer than people realise. So that name comes in, you're like, oh, wait, I thought he was either gone or, or, or whatever. Um, and he was so young in that All or Nothing, in the All or Nothing series. Um, and he's, from what I've seen, he, he looks he looks pretty good. He looks like a good perimeter threat. Sean, you, I don't know whether you've watched any Michigan stuff. Yeah, I think... I think he'll probably end up kind of treading the line as a receiver, but where he'll get his opportunities will be as because he's able to return punts, he'll probably find his way and stay on a roster, which will give him the opportunity to get that like year two, year three jump. So I think of those later round wide receiver picks, I think he'll be Mm. someone that could find his way onto a team maybe in a couple of years. Feels like a Vikings pick. Yeah. They need a yeah, yeah. They now they, they yeah. It, it, I mean, a lot of teams could do with some some dynamic punt returners because for whatever reason there doesn't seem to be that many, despite everyone in the league getting faster. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, as we've been recording, we've had some extra social media questions come in, so I can't wait to talk about them. Um, <laughs> I really can't. Um, the apparently uh, just the tease of the running backs being ranked, Sean. The demons group chat is going wild, and they can't wait. Uh, oh dear. Um, <laughs> one comment I've seen Somebody is going to be. In, one comment I've seen is going to be embarrassing for all the full-time running backs when a D lineman takes the top spot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? So, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. Again, don't know any of their names. <laughs> I'm just, oh. I'm just hope, I'm just hopeful that JT's ego doesn't get in the way because it's got in the way all season. So. <laughs> we'll see. Sean, you are a savage. <laughs> oh, anyway. anyone that knows JT will know that he is the most egoless kid in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, uh, we're going to move on to now the the Jack versus Sean challenge, um, where we're going to see whether free agency or draft is better for these teams in the top 10. And what's going to happen is you two are going to pitch your case. You get like, I'd say 30 seconds per, per team. Right. And I'm going, to vo- I'm going to vote for who I think's the winner. And then at the end, we'll see who wins. <laughs> Wonderful. What I've, what, I've, 
what I've tried to do is with some of them, I've tried to take the players from later rounds because I feel like cheating a little bit. You know, obviously most of these teams want a a 21-year-old stud than a 30-year-old that's left on the free agent market two weeks later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. Or do you wait. <laughs> okay, so um, who would like to go first? Or should we flip a coin? I'll flip a coin. <laughs> Wait, wait there, I'll flip a you coin. Could just, you can right. just pretend to flip a coin. <laughs> We're not going to know. <laughs> Sean, Sean, as you're the guest, heads or tails? Uh, tails, never fails. And it's a head. Um, it fails. I'm going to defer, Sean can go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sean, so the Bengals, your time starts now. Uh, the Bengals need a tackle, and so they can take one. Uh, both of the, I believe both of the Georgia tackles are very good, but I'm not going to deep dive into tackles too much because that's lame. Uh, what I'd really like them to see them do is go wide receiver and just stack the wide receiver court that they had at LSU. So in the third round, maybe to take someone like Jalen Rigor to work. Uh, yeah, that'd be you can get a tackle in the second by taking Joe Burrow. Okay, Jack. Okay, uh, I think they can get their answers early on in the draft. Early on, without going in the draft, I think they signed Jameis Winston. That would be entertaining for everybody and boost AJ Green's stats into the stratosphere. Uh, I think they trade down and take both of the Jaguars' first round picks. So they take number nine and number twenty, um, and they get Yannick and Gokwe on top of that, and then uh, the Jags draft Chase Young, number one overall. Oof. Wow. Um, I'm going with Jack. That's far more fun. I can tell you who I think the Bengals would take with number, with number nine and number 20 as well. Go for I it. I think they take uh, number nine. They take Justin Herbert because he is still there. Yeah, um, yeah. And then number 20, that's where they, they get a, a tackle. If some description. I don't know any of their names. Fair enough. Um, yeah, 1-0 Jack. So Jack, you can kick us off on the next round with... The Redskins. Uh, Redskins. They, I think, need O-Lyman because Trent Williams is going to leave. Uh, and they need some dynamic box players. Um, I think, personally, they should trade for Matt Judon um, because he's just been franchise-tied and they could secure him to a better deal. Um, and they could trade down in the draft or they could uh, pick up a tackle really early on. Other option there is to Dave and Clowney, but, yeah. Okay. Sean? Uh, the Redskins have only got, they haven't got a second round pick. Uh, so I would say, obviously, the obvious answer is to do with Chase Young, potentially across the line with Montez Sweat, who may have a coming out party when he plays a lot of 1v1s. And then in the third, wait to take someone like uh, Cole Komet or Jake Breland, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame and Oregon. And then just to give uh, the QB some more weapons to work with so that the offense can start to you know see if he's the QB of the future. I I like them taking Chase Young. I like the pairing of Sweat and Young. I think it could be very dangerous. So uh, I'm going to give you the point, Sean. And can you check your signal because the last twi- two times you've spoken, it's sort of been a bit broken up. Yes, yeah, Sean. So uh, Sean, you start us off. Uh, on this one with the Lions. Unless he's just left. Maybe he has left. Jack. 
<laughs> Will I start with the Lions? Okay. Um, Hello. There... Hello. Oh, he's oh, back. He's back. He's back. Uh, sorry, yeah. I was having some technical issues there. Peek no. behind the ah. car- curtain. Open the kimono. Uh, <laughs> 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 I had uh, Okuda uh, is the obvious answer because I think he's going to be the only true number one cornerback in this draft. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins, who is a serious home run hitter for the Lions. And they've been digging around for a running game for years. And they don't run the ball a whole lot. But let's just get them a player that when they do run it, if he breaks the draw, it's going to go to the house. Uh, and then in the third round, I spoke about him earlier, Colin Johnson, someone to replace the, the void that um, Megatron left. Just a big target for uh, Stafford to just launch the ball up to. Mm-hmm. Jack? Okay, uh, I think before they start wheeling, and I th- I, there's no one good uh, a DB that they can take uh, in free agency. Darquis Denard and Aqib Tlaib are the best options there, really, uh, unless you want to take a big shot and come in. Dan, what are you doing, man? What? <laughs> um, so, uh, Denard and Tlaib uh, are not good enough to go there. I would say that they take Akuda as well, but... I would also say that they trade their other third round pick um, that they have and try and force Keanu Neal away from the Falcons um, because he's had two injury-ravaged seasons and I think they completely transform their secondary with Keanu Neal and Akuda. So I would I would say combine me and Sean there to get the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that Keanu Neal. He's, he's, he's nasty and he'd add a little something. A little something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I uh, that's a that's a real tough one, but I like the combination you've gone for. Um, yeah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna not give either of you a point. <laughs> Great, that's gone <laughs> really well. Okay, <laughs> uh, Jack, this will be fun because they've been useless in free agency so far. <laughs> Talk us through the Giants. Okay, so the obvious ones here, if they, they need they need a presence on the edge because they don't get any sacks ever, uh, you either sign to David Clowney or Everson Griffin um, or try and get someone like Nigel Bradham who, who can patrol that linebacker spot a bit better than anyone that they have. Uh, what I would prefer that they do is they trade down um, and they take the Jags' 20th pick and uh, Yannick Ngokwe and the uh, Jags go up to number four and number nine and so uh, Jags take whoever they want and uh, the Giants get their pass rusher. Uh, so in sure. the first round, I'd have them taken either AJ, Terrell or Diggs, uh, both coming out of big schools in Alabama and Clemson, both really good uh, especially Diggs I think is someone that can play well in zone and in man uh, and then to get sort out that pass rush problem, uh, take Zaniga out of Florida, um, who's a big guy but is able to have some uh, pass rush moves as well. Ooh, I'm going to give that to Sean, I think. I don't think the Giants will be that sensible, but I, I like your plan. They'll, they'll probably take a running back off of the Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, or another QB. So uh, we're sat at 2-1 short with six to play. So uh, the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, the Dolphins. Sure. The Dolphins. Sure can go. I yeah, just wrote draft. The Dolphins have so many draft picks. Um, it's outrageous. But 
I'm just I'm imagining a obviously Tua uh, with the third, then some tackle, possibly a Georgia one because I think they're good. Uh, then DeAndre Swift to pair with Tua, which would make that attack amazing and replace the fact that Miami were led in rushing by Fitzpatrick last year. Uh, Swift would add serious home run hitting and the ability to just run the ball consistently. consistently. Uh, and then with even more picks, they could take someone like Jalen Rager, who I'm aware I may have now drafted to two different teams, uh, and Breland to the tight end. So they would just have weapons all over the place, let the defence you know, just do what it wants. Hmm. I mean, you just can't score, argue that. 30 points a game, two, no, two is mean, exciting, everyone just goes, yeah. okay. And then you've got to remember that, you know, the coaching staff in Miami, I know they did well with what they had, but I think they need to inject some excitement. And I think two are on his own there isn't enough. So. I think the, the, only, the only thing I would say is that they... Um, they need to think about taking someone in the secondary, a safety for the in the first round. Um, so like Grant Delpit, possibly, um, or uh, uh, Antoine Wilfield Jr. Maybe someone like that. Oh, okay. I just, I, I think they need to think about I've seen someone uh, like Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. Uh, he can jump straight in because he's used to those big games and he could go straight in as a safety and help them out and you can get him for a late round pick as well. Because mm. they've lost Fitzpatrick and Rashad Johnson. So I just think they they, they don't have anything yeah. in that secondary. Okay. Uh, can't argue with Sean on that one. I think it's the best for the Dolphins overall. Mm. So he's up 3-1-5 to play. So... Um, Next up is the Chargers, Jack. Chargers have uh, they they take Cam Newton. Um, they bring Cam into into lead the offense, um, and then they use their other first round pick to take these they first round pick to either take a tackle, so someone like Tristan Wirfs or someone like that, um, to bookend, and they they solidify and go. The only other thing they could do is take a running back really high to pair with Austin Eckler as a one-two punch to completely kill everybody. But I think they take Cam Newton as their quarterback and sack off anybody that isn't Tua or Joe Burrow. Yeah, I could go exciting okay. or boring. Sean. If I was going boring, I'd go Herbert, uh, a tackle, and then maybe in the third round, someone like Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU, or Troy Dye from Oregon, just to shore up the middle of that defense. And then with all those DBs, you only need one quick linebacker in the middle of the field. That's the less exciting version. But as Jack said, what would be really nice is if they took a running back uh, like Edward Delaire and then you pair him up and then you can just run two back all day and flare guys out and just be a mismatch problem. Oh, I like the Edward Delaire pick. I really do. Um, the excited version there, but still going to give it to Jack. Cam. Yeah, Cam, they've like got to open. Cam. They've got to open that stadium with someone more exciting. So Cam is a good shout. The Tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Hmm. So uh, yeah, that's 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 that one. Um, let me find the rest where that went off my screen. Panthers. Okay, so uh, it's the Panthers next. Sean, uh, not Jack. Sorry. Okay. Um. <laughs> So the big, the big couple of things they need to do is uh, they've tried to give Teddy options, which is great. Put Robbie Anderson in there. They've got a good receiver core. They've got Christian McCaffrey, so they're fine there. 
something that they lost since Greg Olson started breaking everything in his foot that he could find uh, is a tight end. I think uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers free up some um, salary cap space by trading Vance McDonald to the Panthers to give uh, Teddy Bridgewater that dynamic that dynamic presence at tight end. Um, and then they have to replace Luke Keekley. Um and it's interesting there, Sean, you said Patrick Queen not going like you think in the third round or yeah. second round or something like that. I, I could see him I could see him being picked in the first. Um because there's just a, a there aren't that many players at inside linebacker that can just slot in and go and he's one of them. Um and the other options there that you could get on for agency uh that are still young. You're looking at people like Darren Lee, who uh, was at the Chiefs last year was really disappointing at the Jets and then came to the came to the Chiefs uh, and was pretty good actually um, Korea Thank who you. was the Titans or Stefan Anthony uh, they're the only people that you could get in there so they could draft someone more interesting but yeah. sure. uh, who are we talking about okay yeah the Panthers <laughs> um, so for the Panthers <laughs> with someone like Teddy Two Gloves going in there you need someone that if you are going to throw the ball you know six yards skimming it off the floor you need someone that's electrifying with a ball in their hand. So I'd get CD Lamb in there if he was still available. Uh, and then just watch him go. Ooh. And then I'm looking for someone like possibly available much later, someone like Cheyenne O'Grady from Arkansas, the tight end, just a big body, like Jack said, because they they need guys that are going to work well with the ball in their hand and that are secure. They're going to work, you know, six yards at a time. So I think tight end and a jitterbug at receiver is where to go. Well, seeming as Jack, but far more effort than <laughs> his there and actually knew which team he was talking about at the start. I'm uh, I'm going to give that point to him to make it 3-3, which gives it all to play for with three to go. So uh, Sean starts off. So the Cardinals kind of, they stacked up on offense now. So if they can, I want them to... Why? Why are uh, they stacked well, up on offense? They've got players like Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I can't think of anyone else. I can't think of any additions. Um, no reason to talk about any, you know, anything else. So I, I hope I'm getting half a point to just have to deal with this stress again. I, I just, I just bring you in a little story because I received that news in the car park of Sainsbury's when I got back from shopping, and I sat in, the, I sat in the car for 15 minutes in silence. And Hannah was just sat next to me, just very uncomfortable, and I was very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that might well get him. No, no point. So, <laughs> Hello, Brian. But so, yeah, um, I, would, I would look for them to uh, take one of these DBs fairly high. Uh, I know, obviously, you've got Patrick P2 uh, there, but I think... If you can get someone to match up opposite him, and also he's not getting any younger, so by the time they reach their next contract, uh, P2 could potentially be gone. Uh, and then for the to get some edge rush, uh, I'd look for someone like Lynch out of Baylor, uh, maybe in the third round, uh, that adds some size, but also the ability to rush the passer as well. Okay, Jack. Uh, I think they traded with their first round pick for Chris Jones from the Chiefs. Um, and they uh, start stacking up on the defensive line. Um, and then I also think they bring in Tony Jefferson uh, as a safety, bring him back to the desert. And uh, there you go. That's their, that's their first round pick out the window. They have a pro bowl, all world tackle now that can 
wreak havoc on that defensive line. Um, and they have a, a playmaking safety that has proven – he's only 28 years old. He had a couple of injury issues. Are his knees gone? Maybe, but he is a game-changer. Solidify that secondary. Use your second-round pick to get ADB. Okay. So, you know, I like the Chris Jones move. I really do. Um, I don't like the Tony No ACL um, Jefferson move. Um, I, I see him going somewhere else um, and where it could be a bit more of a last ride into the sunset for him rather than returning to the desert. Um I, I also kind of like Sean's story that, that added a bit of colour. James, James, James um, Lynch has always rushed out of a tough. front as well. And he's always been a really good player. For, if, you watch, if you watch him take on Baylor, James Lynch, they rush three. I mean, they play three down linemen, but like 80% of the time they rush three and he still gets pressure. So I think the NFL won't be a big jump for him. Now, now, that's really useful commentary, Sean, and I appreciate your <laughs> attempt to sway me at the last minute, but you, you very clearly brought the rule. <laughs> Too desperate. So it's, it's 4-3 uh, to Jack, um, and you need to lead us in with the Jaguars, Mr. Mullins. Uh, see, all of my other, um, my other draft scenarios here with the Giants um, and the others end up with the Jags having higher-up picks, either the first overall pick where they trade with the Bengals um, or the fourth and the ninth. So I think those are more interesting where the Jags mm-hmm. are trading up to get more draft capital in the first and surrendering that 20th overall pick. Uh, if not, they, they, they there are vets that they can bring in whilst doing that at the same time so they could move themselves up to fourth and ninth and get that pick with the Giants. Get rid of Yannick Ngakwe, uh, and then you've got people like Tony Jefferson. You've got Eric Reed just hanging around as a free, as a safety, who's who's very very good. Um, and if they need a bit of speed at the linebacker positions, if they lost uh, they lost Alvin Smith, uh, Lance Kendricks is still around because he's not in jail for whatever it's, he was doing. It's amazing that you bring up Lance Kendricks. Okay. On my notes, I have Lance Michael Kendricks Kendrick. isn't in jail? Question mark. <laughs> Michael, Michael Kendricks. Kendricks. Lance Kendrick. Yes. So, um, Sean, what do you think about the Jags? Uh, well, they chances. need to go full reboot, in my opinion. But if they want to try and, you know, see if this janky QB's got anything to, you know, show them, uh, I think, again, you have to stack up on wide receivers. This is the year to do it. Uh, someone like Mims gives them an option that, that can post up, be a big body. Uh, and then I'd start play, playing for the future and actually draft someone in from that I thought I really hated, but actually only hate a little bit. And I think could be, could be good value uh, <laughs> in the middle of the second. Uh, and then you can pick up someone like Chase Claypool, who isn't necessarily a burner of a receiver, but he's just an almighty body to place on the outside. That'd be great in the red zone. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, I do. I do like the hint at going with Minshew Mania again for the Jags. I I, I do that sway me. So uh, I'm going to give the point to Sean. It's four four. Um, it's all down to this last one. Um, and you could get real creative with it because they are an idiot franchise. Um, Jack starts off with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, right. Okay. So let's say that they sign. Uh, Jason Peters, uh, to fill that left tackle position. He is about 100, but he is a good vet presence and they, it would afford them more time to get a tackle in the later rounds. Uh, or they trade for Trent Williams, which they should have done ages ago and the Redskins are idiots and should let them go. 
um, they should also trade uh, our, our friend, your friend and mine, uh, OBJ, back to the New York Giants. Um, he's going to go back to the New York Giants. The Giants will give up their pick, and the Browns will pick up a receiver um, in the first four picks. So they pick up, I'm going to give them, let's give them CD Lamb. I also okay. have the Cleveland sure. Browns trading away OBJ and <laughs> to get that Giants pick. Uh, and then we can go with Jerry, Judy and a tackle. So then suddenly you've got Baker Mayfield with serious weapons that aren't prima donnas. And he's got a tackle that's going to keep him upright and he's going to fulfill all of that potential that he has. Uh, you've already got the one, two, you know, thunder and lightning punch in the backfield. I think you don't need to make it any more complicated than that. Just get him a weapon that isn't OBJ and a tackle and watch the Browns' offense fly. Oh, this is a tough one. No, you said uh, the same thing. Much, yeah. <laughs> you, you did, but in different ways. You did, but in different ways. We so just like, picked the receiver. You know, that was the only thing we did differently. No, no, there was a difference. Let let the judge decide. Well, tell me um, what the difference was, and I'll t- and I'll let the judge decide. Apart from the name of the receiver. No, no it's nothing to do with the receiver. It's all about the tackle. I said take with the right. second with their second pick. No, you you said sign Jason Peters. And yeah, no, and tackle no. the second pick. Yeah, no, sign Jason Peters, right? As a Ravens fan, I would love to have Baker Mayfield blindside protected <laughs> by a guy who's 305. And although good, he's probably a little bit slow these days, which will mean that the Ravens will beat the Browns. And that makes Dan happy. So, Jack, you're winning. Well done. Word I feel like word. I have done the NFL world <laughs> a, a disservice by the fact that I have just lost free, <laughs> the draft to free agency. To, to, to week two of free agency. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's a sign of the times Sean, it's the, the a sign the, of the times the Browns have been more it's excited really by Jason ball. Peters than Jerry Judy that sounds like a kind of move they might make as well <laughs> yeah. exactly no. No. So, so thank you for that um, Jack well done for taking the win um, so we're going to move on now to social media questions <laughs> which have been have been coming in over the week and some as we've been recording this podcast. So um, one that I'm not going to answer because it's ridiculous uh, came from Will uh, start bench cut for us three. Um, and it was risky like, for him. There's only, <laughs> yeah, real risky for him. Because <laughs> like, um, he could lose his quarterback. <laughs> really, I don't, really I don't know who that is. So, um, yeah, but nice, nice, nice so... question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that uh, I might answer it just to the prospect of Will having catch passes from QB7 um, so yeah there's that one um, one serious one that did come in um, Burrow uh, is basically a lock at number one and everyone is loving him but um, what would each of you say is one fact about him that's not to love arrogance I would say is the only thing he is he is perfectly and probably overly confident um, that he is going to be a success in the NFL. And whether it is a projection or that is actually who the guy is, I don't know. But um, the NFL is full of elite athletes that he will have not faced before. And yes, he was fantastic in college, but that overconfidence and arrogance has led to the downfall of many people. Uh, Baker Mayfield is showing you that it's not that easy. 
Uh, I think, yeah, Sean. I mean, the things that you could look at would be that he's only been a one-year superstar, but he was also stuck in that nasty LSU offense last year. Uh, and I actually watched them last year, and he did make a lot of uh, good decisions, uh, changed plays against blitzes, uh, and, you know, you know, threw the ball right down the gun of a few, um, of a few oncoming blitzes. Uh, the thing that you might be scared by is if he went to someone like the Bengals, that actually his surrounding talent might somehow have gotten worse. Uh, because if you look at, you've got Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Thaddeus Moss, they're all like top three round picks that he's throwing the ball to. And suddenly he's going to be on a Bengals team with some very bang average talent on offense. But the, but the, the dude is a baller. Yeah. So um, don't worry too much. Question, question I've got, is he tall enough? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um so there's there's what's not to love. Um next one that's come in, uh which is quite a good one. Uh it uh, requests to rank the demons shit lids. So who has got the worst haircut? Right. Coaches as well or just like <laughs> I mean you, you I will hang up this damn phone, Jack. Um Are we still <laughs> I can't really I, I am fighting from a position of weakness if I'm criticising other people's haircuts I feel like this is bait for Dan and I but I'm not nibbling <laughs> mm. yeah I'm not saying a word to you Jack no well uh, who cares I'm taller than both of you and, it, and if, if it's players based I think we've already established that I don't know who any of them are so <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, fair enough. I was just going to say, Freddie. I think he's got a terrible haircut. <laughs> that is a okay. Yeah. Oh, and and don't forget Will Ball, Will's top. Ball. I think that's what they want to hear, isn't it? Yeah. That is what they want to hear. Although I'm not a fan of um of David Kett's uh kind of '90s Renaissance boy band look. <laughs> not a... Yeah. You've... You've got a good yeah, player. or Harvey's. I haven't washed in three weeks. One that's not great either. <laughs> I think you might be. I think you might be onto something with that. Cat so uh, we'll... I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, going on to more serious questions. Uh, I've had someone asking: Are the Bucks no legit Super Bowl contenders? Uh, I'm going to start with this one. I think, yes, they are. Um, I think there's a couple of moves they could still make. Uh, I'd like them to make a play for Le'Veon Bell. I think that would be really interesting at their running back position. Um, and also, I'd like them to sign Tony Noyes, Jefferson's for one last run with Arians Misfits. Um, I think he'll do okay there if he can prove he can run around still. So, um, yes, I think they are legit Super Bowl contenders, but they've got a very small window. Hmm. Yeah, sure, I mean, it, go? Is, it is a small window. Someone like Tlaib, if he doesn't end up as Florida man shoots X, Y, or Z, could be could actually be quite a good option for them uh, just to continue to boost like a last chance saloon vibe for the team. Uh, I think it comes down to whether Brady looks like Brady of week one to five or whether he looks like Brady of week five onwards. Uh, it, it, was, it was a pretty, although the team continued to win, it was a pretty steep decline. And I think that he's got two receivers that really thrive on having the ball thrown sort of intermediate and deep. And it's whether he can still do that. I know, I know Jack, you were saying about 
he's still got the velocity on the ball, but I just I just wonder about that pass rush, whether that starts to just take a little zip off the ball. I, I, I think I think a big problem as well, just to continue to do an internal monologue here, is that he's he's gonna face he's gonna face so many tough teams that he's not used to. I mean that AFC East has always been like a stomping ground for him. You know, he's always been five and one and then let's worry about the rest for the NFL and playing in the NFC South is hardcore. And I think, I think that's going to pip him and he's going to get a low seed and he's going to have to play too many games. And I don't think they're going to get there. I think the Super Bowl window, I don't think it's open for them. Um, I, I, I am a fan of Tom Brady. I think he's, I don't think there's a question with his arm strength or anything like that. And I think him and Bruce Arians could do some really good things, but the Jameis Winston effect is still there. Godwin and Evans did so well because they were throwing 50-50 balls and came down with them. Tom, Tom Brady is not going to do that. Um, someone like, it's, it's, he's not there, Adam Humphreys, but when Adam Humphreys was there, um, he was the flock guy that got a load of the production and checkdowns. Um, and he's not going to have that guy really um, and he's not got at the moment. He's not got his running back to double ball off to over and over again. Um, he's got a underperforming, high draft value running back. Is more in the Sony Michelle mold than anything else. Um, and I just that the offensive line is still not fantastic. James Winston made a lot of plays running around like an absolute madman, which Tom Brady cannot do. I think he's going to absorb more sacks than he's ever absorbed. Um, and we, I think this is going to be the last ride. They're, they're not going to hit play. Yeah, Bruce Arians loves the seven step, step drop as well. And that's going to get him blown up a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting commentary, Jack. You've kind of gone about turn from your position last week a little bit. Um, yeah. So, Sean, th- this one is now sort of directly aimed at you. Um, got a request for you to power rank Bill O'Brien's trades over the last four years. <laughs> okay, so I feel like this is a, a clearly a shot at a trade that should not be named. Um, but let's let's clearly eliminate that yeah. one as potentially not a good idea. Um, but I mean, <laughs> okay. yeah, and I mean, but I Just mean, you look at a lot of the other ones. I mean, Tunsil has proven himself to be a top tackle. Uh, if we took if we took our two first round picks and took two tackles. And one of them turned out to be an all-pro star. Then I think we'd have been happy. So I'm not too mad about that. Uh, and Stills has been a good player for us. And I think obviously with the trade not to be named will be even more important now. Uh, and then someone like Clowney. I mean, I'll always be really disappointed that we never got like the full JJ Watt full effect and Clowney uh, in his first two or three years. Um, but. As, as you've seen from yeah. him going to the Seahawks and then getting three sacks and then demanding something more than 17 million a year, I think, I mean, I could get into the, the silliness that, yes, we could have got a compensatory pick rather than a third round pick, which would have, you know, basically it's a, it's a nothing that we traded him for. Um, but in the end, I don't think we would have re-signed him. So I don't think that was necessarily a bad trade. It just It just shortened his career in Texas by one year. Uh, then Hyde has been a fine back. Um, again, swapping late round picks is is fine with me. I don't think Hyde's that dynamic. I just think 
the Texans year after year. I think we've been like top four in rush attempts every year. And we made Lamar Miller a thousand yard mm. back and we've made Carlos Hyde a thousand yard back. And uh, whoever else we bring in next will be a thousand yard back. And I don't necessarily think that means they're that talented. Mm. Well, okay. So you really don't want to talk more about the Hopkins trade then? Uh, clearly, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, from the beat writers that I follow on Twitter, they seem to think that Hopkins was asking for a new deal despite having three years left on his deal. Um, I mean, why you would trade him, you just either re-sign him because the Texans have loads of cap room, even with signing Watson and Tunstall soon, uh, or you just say no <laughs> Um, and 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 see if the new CBA even allows him to sit out because I think they're going to come down on that hard because they don't like players having rights. Um, but the problem is <laughs> we've got an old school son of a white racist owner and a potentially white racist head coach, and you know a talented big voice in our locker room said I want more money early, and I think they just said no, and I I think it's a bad move for the franchise. I think it it shuts what was potentially a, a four year, four or five year Super Bowl window. Yeah, window. Yeah, but it's a shame. Wow, that's almost <laughs> as bleak as being a Bears fan. I have a question. Where, Sean, would you on this list now? So, if the DeAndre Hopkins trade is number one on the power ranking of worst trades that Bill O'Brien has done. Where are you going to put the two trades that are obviously incoming in the next month or so, which is JJ Watt to the Steelers and Deshaun Watson to the Patriots? <laughs> Somehow, JJ Watt is less likely to get traded. I feel like that guy has the key to the franchise, potentially because he's white. Again, not wanting to put too much on Bill O'Brien being a racist, but potentially. Um... <laughs> I think we've gone past touching on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you flattened cold in it, John. This, so. um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we don't make any more ridiculous trades. Um, I could potentially seeing us. We've got two second round picks, and we may just bundle them together to try and get some sort of Hopkins replacement that would make me very nervous. And then we'd have no picks for the next few years. But who knows? Mm. It's just—it's just a shame. It, we, it was a Super Bowl window, and I feel like it shut just as it was opening. Yeah. Wow. Well, last one that we had in from the social media questions was: uh, Is Jake from stock sliding because he went skiing during Georgia's season? So I feel this one is pointed at you, Sean, um, with your recent holiday you took during the Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt. It's made me a worse player. Uh, I've noticed straight away. Um, I mean, I wasn't going to be at practice anyway uh, because I was coaching at the Demons, but that that holiday definitely made me a worse player. I'm really thankful for the players that sort of picked me up on it. Uh, It makes me a better man now, and uh, hopefully I can continue with my life, and as can Jake Fromm. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think Jake Fromm's going to be the same again and it is all because yeah I mean I mean I mean one day of preparation uh, for Jake Fromm uh, 
uh, pretty much sees him slide from what would have been the first overall pick to the seventh round, I would say. Um, and after a season where we went four and four with the Demon, uh, with the Wyverns, and I feel like I had a good performance on defense. I think this year, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that I'll still be able to be a gunner on special teams, but I think any more than that, and I'm, I'm, I'm shooting too high, I'm just not prepared. <laughs> but as I say, I, I'm, just, I'm just pleased that someone pointed oh. it out to me uh, because the process is so important and so that person held up a mirror for me and I really appreciate them. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Goose. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Imagine the, really the hot takes headlines from this podcast. Bill O'Brien is racist. Cheers, Goo. <laughs> I mean, that's your header. <laughs> that that might be the that might be the title episode for him. It, yeah, yeah, that could could, could definitely oh. happen there. Um, oh wow! Did uh, did anyone see the the little Facebook fight Scott Savage got in with uh, with Goose? Was that- Ended up was that a fight or was it just Scott being a bit of a dick on purpose? And then, <laughs> well, yeah, um, and, oh, then, and then he blocked him. So, <laughs> so now oh. Scott doesn't get to see any of his stuff anyway. To be fair, I would say I would make a joke about Goose's blocking, but he doesn't have any issue blocking Scott because Scott hasn't turned up for practice since 2016. <laughs> Very true. So. Meh. Oh, well, that is a 73-minute conversation that's covered quite a lot of things. Um, and I guess before we, we wrap it up, I just sort of say, is anything else you guys want to say? Anything you want to add, Sean? And uh, and then we'll bring it to a close. I don't think there's anything I want to add. No, I think uh, we've potentially said very little whilst talking for a long time. But yeah, it's been really fun to be on and I appreciate appreciate the opportunity, guys. And uh, Jack? I'm good, yeah. Uh, I think it's it, on, a, on a wider note, it's good to keep connected during this um, and whether more people... I don't think it's advisable that more people listen to this at this point. But <laughs> 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 it's good fun. It keeps us all connected. Uh, and, yeah, I'm really enjoying the people kind of getting involved on social media and stuff like that. I think that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. And because it's it's just fun and it's still football when there is a dearth of, of football stuff. Um, and I personally will be on the edge of my seat for the next or seven to ten days to see where Jameis Winston signs because that's going to make or break my corona season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see where Jimmy's goes. Um, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed the the interaction with the Twitter account this week. Uh, might do the same thing next. We get some things up earlier in the week to get some content ideas. Um, we are going to have Yogi on as guest next week, more than likely. So that'll be fun because he's really looking forward to talking at just football and talking about probably the Raiders' chances in their shiny new stadium. Right. Um, for me to sign off, I think like. I know Sean doesn't know their names, but I'd like to see the depth between one and bottom filled with these demons running backs. Uh, Okay, what I'll do is uh, maybe between now and tomorrow, uh, I'll put together a list with maybe their best and worst quality, uh, and then I'll I'll tweet it to you and you can tweet it out. (laughs) If they've got the stones, they can look at it, and maybe the running back group will be a bit lighter next year. 
<laughs> that sounds like a great idea. And on that, we will we will sign off, fellas. Have a lovely weekend uh, in lockdown. And if you're back in work next week, um, make sure you stay safe and keep in touch. And let's get this shared when I publish. Right.